Amen. Well, Merry Christmas Eve. What a special time of year it is. It's a time of year that can bring a mix of emotions for many. For many, uh, this Christmas season brings much joy. And for some, we, we all have to understand that uh, this Christmas season, it, it comes with heartache as well, as they may not have their loved one or loved ones around, whether they suffered the loss within the past year, maybe they have lost a loved one around this Christmas season. Whatever the case may uh, be, for some, this Christmas season does bring heartache for, for, for some people. But no matter if the Christmas season brings you much joy or much heartache, I encourage and I invite you all this morning to celebrate the birth of Jesus of Nazareth. We come together as a family of believers, a body of believers, uh, to celebrate the birth of Jesus of Nazareth as this birth, it brings much hope to us as, as there is a hope in the age to come because of Christ Jesus. The birth of Jesus also brings much love as we can see the love that God has for us through his son, Jesus. The birth of Jesus brings much joy as there's a brighter tomorrow, brighter day tomorrow because of Jesus. The birth of Jesus brings along peace when no matter, no matter what life throws at us, we can rest in the loving arms of the Prince of Peace. So no matter what you are dealing with right now, and for each person it is different, you truly have a reason to celebrate today and tomorrow as we remember the birth of Jesus. And so it's my hope and it's my prayer that the birth of Jesus brings to you on an individual level, hope, love, joy, and peace. Now this morning, uh, you all got quite the dramatic storytelling of the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And if you were here with us earlier this morning, start at nine, uh, you got two viewings of the uh, nativity scene of the uh, historical narrative of the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And so I'm not going to read through the nativity story uh, this morning as we got two reenactments of that already this morning. Instead, we are aiming to spend less than 15 minutes, and I know some of you guys were wondering if it's even possible for me to talk less than 15 minutes. I guess uh, we shall see. But we're, we're aiming to spend less than 15 minutes briefly highlighting the ramifications of the birth of Jesus as we close and recap the series that we've been spending about a month on, Tis the Jesus Season. Because there's a lot that our world, our society, Western civilization throws at us come this Christmas season. And it is so easy to not make Christ Jesus the center, the, the focal points of this Christmas season. And so we've been spending about a month talking about who it is that we are celebrating. And now each year come July 9th. My family celebrates a special day. Any guesses on what that special day is? My birthday, yeah. On July 9th each year, my family celebrates the day that I was born. July 9th, 1997. Uh, yeah, you guys are like, oh my. Uh, <laughs> my family uh, will most likely celebrate that day, July 9th, for as long as I am alive. And after I fall asleep in death, if Jesus doesn't come back before then, my immediate family will still probably, I'm hoping, remember me come July 9th and reflect on my life. And now after my immediate family falls asleep in death, if Jesus hadn't come back yet at that point either, my day of birth will most likely be lost in the pages of history. 
And, and that's the case with most people's day of birth. Their days of birth aren't honored or celebrated much after their death. Now, if someone happens to have a tremendous amount of success and power and influence in this world, then people may continue to celebrate their birthday a decent while after their death. In America, I can think of two instances where this holds true. The only two birthdays that I could think of off the top of my head uh, where we are still, uh, as a country, very careful to celebrate each year. And those two birthdays are Martin Luther King Jr. and George Washington. George Washington, we celebrate his birthday come President's Day. George Washington was born in, does anybody know? February 22nd, does anybody know the year? Close, yeah. Yeah, we're, we're, we're in the right ballpark. George Washington was born in 1732, so less than 300 years ago. So still pretty recent when we look at the history of mankind. But, but we as a nation, we're, we're careful to celebrate his birth as he had, uh, obviously, a lot of influence on our country. Martin Luther King Jr. was born in, any guesses? Nineteen twenty-nine, and so uh, that's less than a hundred years ago. There are many people still alive who are older than he would be if he were still alive. And to help put that in perspective, come Christmas season, we celebrate the birth of someone who was born about two thousand years ago. That alone, that fact alone, should indicate how special this man truly was. He was born about seven times further away than George Washington and about 20 times further away than Martin Luther King Jr. Yet we are still careful to celebrate Jesus' birthday. Now, why in the world is that the case? Why was this man so special? And as we have seen throughout this series to start off, we see that Jesus, he is the Christ. When we say that Jesus is the Christ, that's not his last name. When we say that Jesus is the Christ, that means that he is the anointed or the anointed one, or he is the chosen one. He is God's chosen one. When looking through the scriptures, we, we see that God knew Christ before God even formed the foundation of the world. You see, God had a plan that centered around Jesus before he even created the, the world that we live in. That's how special Jesus is. And God revealed this plan of a chosen one, this Messiah, this Christ, all the way back in Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, when sin first entered the world. And God cursed the serpent. And what did God say to the serpent? You guys should be ready for this now. God told the serpent that he would crush the head of the serpent, or he would bruise the head of the serpent. And so all the way back from Adam and Eve, the first man and the first woman, mankind has been waiting for the special chosen one of God, that God had a very special plan. And now what did God choose Jesus to do? Well, God chose Jesus to be his son. Jesus is the only begotten or birth son of God. Not God himself, but the son of God. And this is a confusing uh, topic for many, as Jesus did many things that some of the gods that the Greeks and the Romans worship, 
like Jesus had a miraculous birth, like some of the gods of uh, Greek and Roman mythology. He performed many miracles and wonders like many of the gods, and uh, he was raised to everlasting life. Uh, he had an immortal uh, soul at that point in time. And so many confused Jesus to be a god as well, surrounding uh, this culture, raising, uh, being, living in this Greco-Roman viewpoint. But Jesus himself stated in John 14, 28, that the Father is greater than I. And he prays to God in John 17, 3. In John 17, 3, Jesus says, as he's praying to God, this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. And so Jesus recognized the Father as the only true God, and the only true God has one birth or begotten Son, and that is Jesus of Nazareth. God chose Jesus to be his son, to be the son of God. God also chose Jesus to be his agent or his representative. God made all of us in his image. We all provide a distorted image of who God is. And that image is distorted due to our shortcomings and the sin that we may have in our life. But Jesus provides a much clearer image of who God is. So much so that Jesus serves as a wonderful agent or representation of who God is to, to the rest of us. Jesus is the image of the invisible God. And so Jesus here being the agent or the representation of God, Jesus, he speaks, he teaches, he preaches, he heals, he rules, he judges, and he provides eternal life all on behalf of God. As God is the one in whom Jesus is representing to the world. As Jesus is the agent of God. That's what God chose Jesus to do. God chose Jesus to be the savior of the world. In the most well-known verse in the Bible, John 3, 16, we learn that God sent his only begotten son, his only birth son, Jesus, to provide eternal life to all who believe in him. Because we have an issue. We need saved. In the beginning, Adam and Eve, they sinned, and uh, Paul tells in Romans 3.23 that all of us have sinned. We all have sin in our life, and the wages of sin is death. And so we need saved from two things. We need saved from, from the issue of sin itself, and we need saved from the consequences of sin, like death and pain and sickness and sorrow. And we need saved from both of these, and that is where Jesus comes into play yet again where God chose Jesus to one, save us from this issue of sin and is to save us from the issue of the consequences of that sin. And on top of all of this, God also chose Jesus to be the king of the world. At Jesus' birth, the wise men were looking for the king of the Jews. And we fast forward about 30 years in the life of Jesus, and Jesus comes riding on a donkey into the city of Jerusalem for his very last time. And he was triumphantly entering the city. He was humbly proclaiming to the people that, hey, I am your king. Because prophesied uh, hundreds of years ago, it prophesied that your king would come riding to you on a donkey. And so, and so the people recognize that, hey, this is the king. And then finally, at Jesus' death, posted above his cross, was written the king of the Jews. And so Jesus labeled a king at his birth, at the triumphal entry, and at his death. But not only was Jesus the king of the Jews, but God chose Jesus to be the king of the world. Where God has handed all authority in heaven and on earth to Jesus. Not some 
authority in heaven on earth. Not most of the authority in heaven on earth, but God has handed all authority over to his son, Jesus. The head is a man. That is a king that is deserving of our glory, honor, and respect. And so Jesus, as the king of the world, as God has handed all authority over to his son, Jesus, Jesus is going to come back to this earth to establish God's coming kingdom. And Jesus, as the king, as Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 15, Jesus is going to come back and he's going to destroy every enemy. And that last enemy that is to be destroyed by the hands of Jesus is death itself. And after death itself is defeated, Jesus is going to rule on this earth and Jesus is going to hand the kingdom over to his father after, en- after every enemy has been destroyed. As Jesus is the king of the world and the king of the world is bringing the kingdom of God to this world. And that is why we celebrate Jesus' miraculous birth, the birth of a virgin conceived by God's own Holy Spirit. As Jesus is the Christ, God's chosen one, God chose him to be the son of God, the agent of God, the savior of the world, and the king of the world. So no matter what you are going through this Christmas season, whether this Christmas season brings you much joy or much heartache, we all have reason to celebrate because there is a hope, there's love, there is joy, and there is peace that is far greater than anything that we can go through. And so I encourage and I invite you all this Christmas season to celebrate the birth of the precious baby boy, Jesus of Nazareth. That is the man in whose birth that we come together to celebrate as tis the Jesus season. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you for this Christmas season, this time of year in which we can focus in on the birth of your Christ, your son, your agent, the king of the world and the savior of the world. Father, it's my hope and it's my prayer that everyone here this morning, no matter what we are going through, that we can hang our hat on the fact that about 2,000 years ago, your son was born, your son who brings hope and love and joy and peace to each and every one of us. So God, I thank you for this Christmas season. Father, We glorify you. We glorify your name and all that you do. And Father, we bring glory to your son, Jesus, as well. It's in his precious and holy name that we pray. And all of God's church said, amen.